Thanks, guys. Awesome job. <laughs> if you're out of town today, welcome. Normally we have sunny weather and we have one bad day a year. <laughs> just this week, eh? that's right, just this week. But it's awesome that we're all here together. And um, <clears throat> I think it was during the week. I don't know, I, more and more I'm, I'm sleeping and he speaks. It's really cool. It's really cool to be asleep and the Holy Spirit starts to speak because the Bible says we are spirit, are we not? And our spirits never sleep. So he can commune with us while our physical body sleeps, but our spirit is alive and well. This is why God can teach you while you're actually physically sleeping. And he can reveal stuff in you and to you. And I don't know about you guys, but what I tend to do when that happens, I have to write it down. So I, I wake, I sort of wake up, and now I'm awake. I grab my phone and I start typing in the dark. And I hope by morning it makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes you look at it and you go, what on earth word was that? But this time I just sense him saying, no, you don't need to get up and write, you'll remember this. And these are the words he said, he said, your destiny is predestined. Your destiny is already predestined in my prophetic word, myself. You see, so often, and I said this last week, but the Bible says that we need to not trust in ourselves, we need to trust in who? Him. And we don't lean on our own understanding, but we lean into His understanding, don't we? If we trust in ourselves and lean on our own understanding, we're never going to come into the life He has desired died for, rose again for. It's only when we trust in him and lean into him and his understanding that we can truly get his version of himself, the truth. Otherwise, we're always going to have our version of his truth, which won't do us any good. Does that make sense? And this is an area that I think we've let ourselves down and we've shot ourselves in the foot when we start talking about destiny. And we throw that word around and everyone gets excited because everybody wants to know their destiny, do we not? And our destiny is always associated pretty much with what we're going to do for him. Fair statement? Do you know that's not what true destiny really is about? And do you know you don't find it in doing it for him? True destiny is found in him and him alone. And the destiny that he has, he has for us as a people before he has it for us as individuals. You see, we've taught this, that you all have an individual destiny in Christ that you all need to go and pursue and find, and you spend your whole life trying to find it, correct? And you need to find it because it's really, really important that you have something to show, like a legacy for the destiny that you've created while on this earth. And we all rush out the gates and we try to find this destiny that's in God for us to accomplish great things on earth. Would that be a fair indication of teaching you've heard in the body of Christ? And you know what? We've hoodwinked ourselves. How many of you have found it? How many of you are still looking? And you know what? We look outside of him, don't we? 
We go, I've got Jesus, but now I'm trying to find my destiny. Have you found it? I lost it. No, it's under the chair somewhere. Have you found your destiny? Have you found your destiny? I'm looking for mine. And you know what it does? It creates a culture of individualism. It doesn't create a culture of oneness. It creates a culture of multiple opinions and multiple versions. Everybody looking for something they haven't yet found. And so we don't have time to actually be a body that's built as a one body with one mind, one spirit, one love, and one purpose because we're all looking for this individual destiny in God. And the thing is, the truth is so close. And this thing between having assignments for God and actually doing things for God that have been prepared before the foundation of the earth and fully, truly coming into this destiny that he has for the church, it's so close. So please hear me today because there are things God has for us to accomplish. There are things that have been predestined before the foundations of the earth. Good works for the church to accomplish. There are, but that's not where you start. Do you know your greatest destiny is to figure out who he is and have that life in you. To know him is actually your greatest destiny. Destiny, because only when you truly know him will you have the life he called you for, because that life is contained in the Christ. He said, your destiny is predestined in my prophetic word, which is my son, which are the scriptures, which everything that Jesus was and everything he spoke. If you want to know what the church is destined for, you need to know the son. I don't mean know about the Son. I mean have an intimate, all-revealing, all-knowing, all-transforming relationship with the person called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We need to have godliness, not a form of godliness. You can go through forms of godliness and never have destiny. Powerful stuff. But it will challenge us, and that's what I want to do in love today. I want to challenge, and more and more, our thinking. Because our thinking determines so much, doesn't it? What you think you believe, what you believe you speak, what you speak you hear, and what you speak here you will live out. With our words, we create our world. His words create His world. Our words create our world. It says it was his words that created the world in which we live. So our prophetic destiny is found in him, his word, his living scriptures. This is a book, but inside the book is a person waiting to be discovered. You see, Jesus said, you search the book, you search the scriptures, but the scriptures are there that are supposed to point them to me. But you're unwilling to come to me. You're trying to find life in words instead of finding your life in the word, the eternal word, which is me. He said, they talk about me, but they're not me fully. They are words that would lead you, so they're a means towards a greater end. We don't stop at intellectualizing the words. We must come into a revelation of the word. Then we will know our predestined destiny. You can know your destiny in Christ for the body of Christ. It's not a mystery. Now it is 
but it's waiting to be discovered. I wrote a book. If you haven't grabbed one, grab one. There's a chapter in there, chapter 9, said the will of God is not a mystery. God doesn't leave that to chance. He loves us, does he not? And he wants us to come into the fullness of life, does he not? So this has been handled with such care over the years. And people have given their lives. People have gone to the cross. They've given their lives over to death so you and I could know the God-given destiny that we have as a body of Christ, as the church. And it's contained here. But this challenge our individualistic heart and mindset to the core. This will challenge you to the core of who you are and where the self is still existing within you. If self is still at the centerpiece of your heart, this message will challenge every part of your fiber, and that's okay. But you'd want to repent because self can never dictate the truth, but it will if we allow it. And so he said, Greg, share with the people their destiny is predestined in my prophetic word. The entire Bible is prophetic. Jesus was always foretelling the future. Do you know that? So the word of God tells us our future. People say, oh, what am I going to do? You can know. We go, well, I don't know. Well, then you need to start seeking. Because you can know your future as the body of Christ. There are unlimited promises of the future inheritance in here. See, if you don't know who you are, how can you live it out? You will live out who you know, won't you? The promises are endless. So there are promises like, do you know the love of God yet in you? Do you know that you were created to sit next to Christ if you overcome while on earth? Have you any concept of the marriage covenant between Christ and his church? Do you have any understanding of the millennial reign of Christ? Do you have any real grasp on the kingdom of God now on the earth? Do you have any understanding of what it means to be an ambassador from heaven living on the earth? Living as an ambassador from another planet? Being able to demonstrate the culture, the character, the nature and the life of this other planet while you're here? Or do we just have a form of godliness where we go through motions of what Christians do, but we're not in the life of Christ? You see, our destiny is predestined already. And so we have to discover who we are, who he is, and really why he died and rose again. Because too many of the church stop at sin, as the ultimate place of salvation. Thank you that I'm a wretched sinner, just scraping in, and I live my life and survive life while I'm here on earth and give it my best shot. That is not 
the identity of a son. Are we more sin-conscious or son-conscious? When you wake up, are you more conscious of your sonship or your sinship? Which one? Knowing that, yes, I am a sinner, saved by love and the power of grace to raise up that sinner, to be a born-again son who now has a brand-new identity, a brand-new destiny, a brand-new life, and I'm able to do things I couldn't do as a sinner because now I'm a son of royalty. Because I've been predestined before the foundations of the earth to be... I'm discovering who I was always called to be. Are you? I'm figuring out what it means to be royalty. Because before I was a sinner, I was chosen as a son. But I started life as a sinner. But I, before that, I was really a son in him. So he says, Greg, I've predestined you before the foundation of the earth to be who I have called you to be, to be part of a church that has a predestined destiny that's found in me alone. Why are you looking for your destiny outside of me? It's all found in me. Christ in me is the hope of glory. So I want to take us through some scriptures just to make this point that I'm making. I'm passionate, eh? I'm more and more. I had a prophet, we had a prophetic word last year that there was going to be a massive acceleration. And it is happening in this guy. In me, I'm just accelerating the revelation upon revelation. The life is accelerating as I position myself in him and under him. He's got so much he wants to share about his truth that when received through revelation creates passion, love, life. It's awesome. So the main point for today, if you're taking notes, is our destiny as the body of Christ is predestined in him. Which means we need to go asking, seeking, knocking what it is. Because it's as a body first. And that challenges our individualistic thinking because it will cause you to give your life. God is a team player, is he not? God is a team player. He says, I don't just have one person. I give five giftings. I spread myself out to five different people. Apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. I also have all these other giftings called gifts of faith and wisdom and discernment, hospitality, all these different gifts so I don't put it in one person. I actually have this body because I'm looking for a bride and she will be a body, which means we all have to let go of our individualistic lives and put them down and step into this team where I'm going to play as a team member. I just watched my beautiful football team this morning. Anybody in sport Liverpool here this morning outside of my boys? You know, you're more than welcome here if you're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> But my team destroyed. Any Arsenal fans? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I probably didn't want to score, but I just ruined it for you. But we beat them 5-1. Why? Because we played as a team. I'm so excited. I'm trying not to like. This could be the year. But we play as a team. 
And when a team plays at a team, it plays better as individuals. The church is a team. The church is a body, which means, firstly, God's will is as for a body. Jesus said, I've come to do the will of my... He didn't say, what is the will for my life? See how subtle this is? It's a shift of words. He said, I'm here to only do the will of my Father, which means the Father has a will. The Father has a dream. We preach, go get 30 to 50 dreams and live them out. But while you're trying to find your 30 to 50 dreams, he's going, is anyone going to do my dream? I didn't create you to find 50 dreams. I created you to serve me and to see my will done, to see my kingdom established on the earth. I saved you all that you would no longer live for yourselves and be consumed with yourselves, but I saved you, rose you up from the dead again, filled you with my power, my spirit, that you would walk with me and one another to see my will established on the earth. Why are you looking for individualistic plans when your plan is contained in me? And from that, you'll have assignments that I'm going to get you to do that I've prepared works for you. But it is still all interconnected into my will and my plan, the big macro picture. And you lose none of your intimate relationship. God still cares for your individual life and the things that you care about and all those things. But that's not where we start. Certainly not where we finish because he has a destiny as the body of Christ is predestined in the Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 to 8. First scripture. We're going to look at five. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. We could sit all day on this passage. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. So God's wisdom is hidden. What's it hidden from? The world. The world's wisdom. So there's two operating systems on the earth called flesh and spirit. So God's wisdom and all his plans and thoughts are hidden in him. And the world looks and thinks that's foolishness and a stumbling block, does it not? That's why people don't want Christ, because it looks stupid. Everything I said to someone who's not in Christ is stupid and ridiculous and foolishness. Live for other people, not be consumed with me. What are you talking about, man? I'm going to find my destiny. I'm going to discover. I'm going to leave my legacy for my family and everything else. I'm worried about me. I'm number one. That is not to be the heart of a follower, is it? So God's wisdom, but we speak. So Paul speaks God's wisdom in words that the mature hear and understand. He's speaking all the time, but it's hidden wisdom, which God predestined for the church to discover. Why would God hide stuff? 
Anyone play hide and seek? What's the purpose of the game? (laughs) Find a really good hiding place (laughs) and not get found. That's God as well. He's hidden it. He's concealed it because he's looking for a people that are going to work together to go after what's in him because they need one another and every gift that he's given plus the Holy Spirit if they're going to discover their true destiny. So I'm actually looking to see who's actually going to work together, who's going to do it my way, and if they do it my way, what are you guaranteed? His outcome, which is his life in us. Is God a liar? No. Does he tell fibs? No. Does he lead you on? No, in the sense of in the negative? No. What he says happens if we're in him. So he says, I'm going to hide it. The hidden which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They had no idea but thought they were doing the right thing. Do you know we can be like that? We can think that having this individualistic pursuit of the will of God for my life is absolutely right because that's what I was taught and that's what I believe. And in fact, that's what our church is on. That is happening today in the world, in the church. But I would ask us, how many of us have found the life that Jesus truly came to bring and birth in us to become somebody? You see, the Bible never, firstly, is this. Lord, tell me what I'm supposed to do. It's not. It's, Lord, show me who you are, and then show me who I am in you, and who you want me to become. It's all relational. Why are we so functional? Because we're fleshly. You see, flesh goes after function. Spirit goes after relationship. See, relationship is this. Lord, reveal yourself in me and to me. I want to know you. How can you share Christ if you don't even know him? Really? Have you tried it to a non-Christian and got caught out? Uh, Sort of trying to tell you about a guy that I sort of don't know. He did this thing, but I don't really know it. And I go, there's no power coming out of this vessel. But someone who has a testimony of what Jesus is doing within them constantly. Let me tell you about the testimony of Jesus that's changing me. Let me tell you about when I struggled with my fear and he apprehended that and smashed that. Let me tell you about the worry that I used to have. Let me tell you about the depression. Let me tell you that I wasn't loved as a kid and I found love and it's in me. Now that people like take notice of. Whoa. Because it's a power. It's the word. It's Christ coming out of us. So this is never about what do I do first. It's always about who are you? Then who am I in you? Because I'm supposed to be representing you. And we're supposed to eat this and drink this. So when we stand in the presence of whoever, the wisdom of the world, we can actually demonstrate and model Christ-likeness because I'm becoming Christ-like. That's one of the scriptures we're going to look at. We have the next one, Ephesians. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Does that sound predestined? Now, there is a difference between predestined and predetermined. We're going to look at that. See, your choices which you make are going to determine the life you live. That's the difference. It's whether you will choose to enter into what is predestined. That's where your choice is, see? 
So you have a choice as to whether you believe anything I'm saying today. You have a choice as to whether you will seek the Lord. But that does not alter what is already predestined and written down and spoken of before the foundation of the earth. God does not want us to get lost. God does not want us to get untangled. God wants us to know him, who we are, so we can demonstrate his will. This is so simple, but we have confused it. And we have complicated it because I believe we are not fully in him. So we end up sharing our version of his truth which we confuse one another, we buy into because it sounds good. It's just not producing the life in us. Because when we come back to the evidence in us is the, is the true wisdom of God, then we go, ooh, we have to look at our true lives, which, of course, we don't really want to do because that's getting a bit too close. But unless we do, we will never come into the destiny God has for us because we're going the wrong way. So just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love. (laughs) Thank you, you love this guy. In love. He is love. He predestined us to an adoption of sons through Jesus Christ. Through who? Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. In love, you are predestined before you ever breathe. This is what Paul said in Galatians 1, 15 to 16. Before I was even in my mother's womb, I was set apart. We look at Saul. Saul was always predestined to become Paul. And he realized that one day, the difference, he lived as Saul to Paul is like day and night. We think, oh no, all he had was a little bit of this and a little bit. No, no, it's a day and night reality. One minute he's killing us, now he's living for God and being killed by the people that he was actually working for. It is a night and day. He wasn't just halfway sort of found, he was lost, he was found. He wasn't sitting on the fence going 50-50 each way here. He was Saul, he became Paul. And that man is saying these words because he knows it. He wrote 13 books of the Bible. Why do you think that was? Because he's writing from his reality. In love, he predestined us to adoption, which means you're not an accident. Don't lie to yourself. Speak differently over yourself. Remember what I said about your words? If you speak death over you, you will hear death. Faith comes through what? Hearing the word of God, not Greg Simner's voice. Not your own voice that's not the word of God. Faith comes, life comes through hearing words of life. So words of life are this. You were not an accident. You were predestined by God to be here today at this time to hear this message. Your life is marked with boundaries. What for, Greg? So you and I can discover first as the church who he is, who we are in him, and his will for us as a church that we could then live that out and become the manifold wisdom of God on this earth that a world would look to and want the God we love. There's your job, D. And you get paid no money for it. But you gain your entire life. 
Want to sign up today? Yeah. Be careful what you say yes to. <laughs> this is such good news. Next one, guys. This just gets even better. Also, we have obtained an inheritance. Notice the language. We have. Paul and the we people have obtained an inheritance. They have. It's an absolute. It's not we're going to. They have. So he's always writing from this full place. Paul lived his life from truth, not towards truth. We need to live our lives from truth, not towards truth. Because Christ in me, I live from Christ in me. Correct? Not Christ towards me, Christ in me. Having predestined according to his purpose. Whose purpose? His purpose. God has a purpose. He has a dream. Who works all things after the counsel of his will. Everything he's doing is in accordance to his will. Have we been awakened to that? These are confronting passages, aren't they? Also, we have obtained, we, Paul and the we, have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. Does Jesus build his church? He's building it in an absolute alignment to an end goal that he has. Jesus builds his church for a very specific reason. Have we discovered why we're being built and what for? Have we discovered what we've been saying from and for that we are in that process being built and coming into the will of God for our lives today? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Do not harden your heart if you hear the word go out like the Israelites did in the wilderness, but receive, even though they had miracle after miracle after miracle. Do not harden your heart. That is to the church. It's a warning to us because we naturally have hardened hearts. Sometimes that's caused by people hurting us. That's just caused by us being fleshly. And so we need spiritual ears to hear the word that goes out. Can you hear the word of God here that would grab you and spin you and point you in a brand new way called repentance? See, this is for the body. Next one, guys. This is one we all know, Romans 8, 28, 30, but I wonder if we really know it. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. There are two stipulations here, which we miss. To those who what? Okay, that's not those that God loves. That's to those that love God. So God works all things. He causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Paul said, live a life worthy of the calling. We have been called for a very specific will, purpose. So he's saying God causes all things for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, here's the kicker, to become conformed to the image of his son. 
Here's the number one priority of God's heart for our lives. Conform. Where else do you see that word or transform? Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not think the way you think, because unless your thinking is my thinking, you won't have the corresponding life of my life, which means I need to renew your thinking, so don't lean on your understanding, Greg. Come on, Greg. You're still living for you. You still think this is about you. You still think you're looking for this individual goal and plan. Die. And get into my word, because my scriptures say the complete opposite. Do you know, if you just let these things speak without even the Holy Spirit, you would come out with a completely different reality than self. Even if the Holy Spirit's not bringing revelation, if you just read it, you can't stand and go, this is about me and my individual plan. There's no way you can, because it doesn't say that. It says the opposite which means we're not even reading this if that's what we think. That doesn't mean you buy into it. That doesn't mean you go, okay, I'm going to give you my life. But you would know that that's not the way of God. Which then just shows me how we're not really, as a church, as the body of Christ, in his living word. Because many, many, many people in the body of Christ think the opposite to what I'm preaching. And yet God wants us all in this incredible life. So he says, I'm working all things. See, it's all about perspective. It really is. It's all about perspective. Because God uses all things for the good to those who love him, but it's only someone who loves him that has his perspective on stuff. Oh, that employee, oh, my kids, oh, my wife, oh, my this, and oh, my grumble, 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 constantly grumbling, moaning, complaining, my work this, it's not this, it's not that. It's all about perspective. Maybe God's placed you there to do a work of transformation because you're grumbling and moaning the whole time. He says, right, okay, I'm going to place you in a place where I'm going to work that out of you if you have my perspective. Oh, I'm going to leave here. No, I've placed you there. Because why? Because I want you to be conformed into the image of my son. That's not how my son lives. My son sees this through the eyes of love. He sees people through the eyes of love. He has compassion. He has mercy on people that are broken, that just live out a broken identity, that don't know any better. So they hurt you because they're hurt people. But that's not to be you because you were broken, but I'm putting you back together. The Spirit comes to heal the brokenhearted. It comes to elevate the brokenness. We all get out of hospital and we start living as an ambassadors from heaven. But not if we're not in the process. Not if we don't have his mind on stuff. You see, we're still looking on the earth. Oh, that doesn't work. He says, don't set your mind here, Greg. Set your mind on the things above. Where who is? Christ is seated. Where also you're supposed to be in heavenly places looking down. Where? In your heart and your mind. I'm not physically in heaven, but in my heart and my mind, I am. Because I'm an ambassador from heaven who really lives on the earth, but he has an umbilical cord that goes from here to heaven where he gets his food source from. Tracking with me? 
So at any given moment, the bungee goes snap and Greg's gone. It's called physical death to glory. But my life source and my food source and where I'm getting my understanding is connected to heaven. Like Jesus was the man on earth, man on earth, man on earth, surrendered, gave up, lay aside his what? Deity and did everything as a man. Why? To show me what's possible as a man who's under heaven. This is great news, man. But you won't find it in looking for an individualistic pursuit of what he wants for you as an individual. You'll find it in laying that down and going, what do you want me to do with this body, your body? What have you given me? You fill me with your spirit. What is the gift on my life? I'm not going to take a course. I'm going to ask you and you will reveal it. (laughs) So then he says this, conform to the images so that he would be the firstborn among many. He's not ashamed to call you brother. Jesus is not ashamed to call you brother or sister. Wow, what a relationship. He's the firstborn. He's the prototype for who? Us. He's the firstborn prototype of the new, resurrected, born-again man. Come on. This deserves a praise. Thank you, Lord. This is who we've been calling. A born-again, brand new, not a modified old model. Yeah. (laughs) And these whom he predestined. There's that word again. He also called. And those whom he called, he justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Sanctification is missing. See, Jesus does two parts out of the three-part process. He says, I'm going to justify you as if you've never sinned. I'm going to wash you in my blood and my power. I'm going to raise you up. Then with you, I'm going to, you're going to work out your salvation with me. This is where the working, this is where the handing over of one's life is required. You get justification and glorification for free. But the bit in the middle called sanctification is where either your predestined destiny outcome will be discovered or lost. You tracking? He had a good God. Give you that one. Give you that one. Now let's go to work together because I want to build you with my power, my fire, my word, and I'm going to show you and reveal in you who you've been called and chosen to be before the foundation of this earth. You are not a sinner, Greg. You've always been a son in my heart. You've always been royalty in my heart. Stop speaking and thinking like a sinner and start living as you are. To discover the destiny that's for the body, which you're a part of. And you will find your individual lane as you lay your life down for the body. For me and your brothers and sisters in Christ. 1 John 3, 16. You will know them by the way they lay their lives down for one another. You will know them why they love one another.
Our destiny, this is another point, our destiny is determined by the receiving of God's prophetic words which are spoken and written. Our destiny as a body is determined by the receiving of God's prophetic words which are spoken and written. So God speaks. He spoke. Let there be light. Bang. Light. The rhema word. The living word. He also has the living scriptures, which are living when the Holy Spirit illuminates. So there is a reality contained in the scriptures of our inheritance that's for us. But it is concealed So you can't just look at this naturally, read it like you would read a natural book, and get it. You will go over and miss all the things that are right here in front of you. You'll constantly miss it because the Holy Spirit needs to bring it to light. For He is the teacher, is He not? So I've given you my Spirit to teach you all things. So like I asked you two weeks ago, if you were here, how well do you know the Holy Spirit? He's a major player. Hence, he was sent by God for us. Revelation 19.10, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Have you asked yourself what this actually means? For the testimony, what does that mean? Of Jesus Christ. What would you say your testimony is? Or testimonies. It's you testifying of a work that has been done. Fair enough? So the work that Jesus has done, which is all things, yes? Everything is finished. Everything came through him, for him, is him. And we need to discover it because everything is contained in the Christ. Yet it's mysterious. So Everything that is finished before the foundation of the earth is the spirit in which one would speak. So one speaks prophetically, living reality, out of the true work that one has received from Christ. So everything is complete in God. Everything is in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So his work is finished. So what of the finished work do we have living testimony of in us that our minds are being renewed, that we then speak forth so the church can hear the living word of God, the prophetic word of the work Jesus has accomplished in the kingdom of God, which is the eternal realm. Is anyone tracking with me? A few of you are looking at me a little bit cross-eyed. Okay, so there is called the kingdom of God. And everything is finished there. It has already been established there, in the sun. So the more I'm in the sun, what is in this invisible realm is in me. I manifest it in this earth. Then I speak, I prophesy I speak. Prophecy isn't, and you're going to Cambodia in a year alone. 
Prophecy ultimately is declaring the will of God and speaking the will of God so the church can hear and receive the will of God. They receive the word of God in us and now we can live in accordance to the will of God and demonstrate God on this earth. So everything Jesus has accomplished is the spirit in which one would bring to light what is. So then can we hear the word? Because if we can't spiritually hear his word, then we won't believe. And if we don't believe, we're in unbelief. And they never entered the promised land because they never heard the word and it was not profited to them who heard the word because unbelief was present. So if we can't hear and we don't believe, We're in trouble as far as receiving our destiny in Christ. And our lives will look the same year in, year out. We'll get a little bit of win here. We might go, someone got healed. Someone gave their heart to the Lord. God spoke to me. It's all good stuff, but it's still micro. He wants our entire lives being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ which is an inside-out reality. So then we can arrive at the place now that we're supposed to be arriving at so we can walk in the manner in which Jesus walked. 1 John 2 verse 6, which is the reality Paul was in. So he wrote 13, maybe 14 books of the New Testament. That's what we're destined, predestined for. Our choices determine our final outcome. Our choices will determine your life now and your eternity. It's not an issue of love, it's not an issue of punishment, it's an issue of reward. And inheritance. It's an issue of your destiny that you were marked for as a people before the foundation of the earth. Full stop. And so our choices determine your outcome. Can I leave you with that thought? So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son. I thank you that our destiny, our God-given destiny, is predestined in him. And the more we know him, the more we are coming into our predestined destiny. It becomes our reality. And our eyes see and our ears hear everything contained in your living scriptures that are for us as a people. I thank you that the plans you have for us are for a people. I thank you the entire context of that scripture is for a people, not an individual, God, that we've made it. It's for a people, a nation who had come out of exile, that were coming out looking for you, God, like us. And so, God, I pray we would not get hoodwinked. We would not deceive ourselves and make it about us but we would give our lives to see your will established 
as a body on this earth called the church, your vehicle, your ecclesia. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are teaching us. And I pray love just continues to cover as you build us from the inside out and we reveal ourselves before you and others in love, that we would put on the right garments and live as we've been predestined to live. In you we pray. Amen.